everybody. Welcome to episode 176 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. It's good to be back with you, and we are happy to have Chad Higgins back with us. Our own little groups pastor who loves youth ministry is here to share about his journey into Easter. Sounds like teaching pastor work to me, preaching on Easter. But Chad's got a lot of great insights and warmth to share with you in this Easter season when sometimes the expectations rise for Easter Sunday or Easter weekend activities. We want to encourage you in your work in youth ministry and also give you some insights into how maybe capturing the essence of the weekend matters most for your heart. And then connecting with some students is a really important process. You can check some of those links down in the show notes below. But we love your listenership. If you haven't already rated, reviewed, and subscribed to this podcast, we'd love to have you do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Make sure to follow along so you always get updates for new episodes wherever you're checking out podcast stuff. Uh, It is always a fun time to be back with you on the weekly for youth ministry and podcasting and goodness, and your support means a whole lot to us. And those are easy ways that cost you a little time, no money to support us, and we would love to have your support in that way. Uh, we're really excited. We've got some big things on the horizon for Booster. Uh, Grow Volume 3 drops in less than a month, and we'll have links for that in the show notes as well, where you can get Grow, the really great curriculum and structure and systems for your youth ministry, and a year of Youth Ministry Booster all packaged together. It's the best package in youth ministry. It's a structure and a curriculum for your ministry, and it's a community of mentors and network of masterminds and care for you. It's a win-win for everybody, and you can get two for the price of one. So make sure to check out that link in the bottom below. Uh, Until the end, um, we'll see you then. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to uh, an Easter field week. Field filled. Easter filled week for Youth Ministry Boosters podcast. Uh, When a couple of OGs hanging out, talking about youth ministry. Uh, Chad Higgins, good to have you back on the podcast, buddy. After your hiatus as a groups pastor. So just we're going to start this episode off by saying we all love Chad. Chad loves me. But... There's going to be some playful banner. We just want to go ahead and set it up. We're going to say some things to each other that maybe sound a little mean, but it's okay. It's all wow. love. Wow, man. You're just, you're planning on coming at me. You've got to have like a, <laughs> a disclaimer before this starts. Let's just get it clean. Like you have been on fire on Twitter and I love Wait, it. Wait, is, is this, I love where, what is this you're the, doing. one of those things where you're like, hey, no offense. And then like, <laughs> like apparently because you say no offense, like you can just say like whatever you want. Like with all due respect, you have been all over Twitter the last 48 hours. And I just wanted everybody to know that you have been lighting it up on Twitter. <sighs> Just some of them. Also, we've tweets. missed you. We haven't seen you very much recently, and we miss you. We've seen you on the network. We haven't seen you on the podcast as much because you're busy with that baby and with your new job. Yeah, Just dude, a busy it, guy. It, it, it's cool, man. Like you know, guy helps start Youth Ministry Booster, and then like next thing he knows, there's like six new hosts, and he doesn't even get invited on his own podcast anymore. It's cool, man. You were cool. included in the emails. You just never replied. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, uh yeah we're blowing so it going man we're blowing it going it's fun. happening man. it is man that works growing we're excited for things that are going on excited for this new season uh grow three coming out in may and we're finishing up mastermind season three you're ready to kick it off for summer and mastermind season four this fall there's just stuff happening and doing uh man how how are you are you excited you're preaching this easter how are you feeling about that you excited I'm do yeah I'm I'm very excited. This will be 
Um, this will be my first ever Easter to preach like main stage. And can, can we tell the joke that we made? Like that, that was the moment we knew you were no longer a youth pastor. It wasn't the title. It wasn't the job, but the fact you got to preach on Easter to the whole church, clearly you're not a youth pastor anymore. And it wasn't even like a midnight hour pastor got sick. I need a sub. Like this was pre-planned. Like you actually have already worked up the sermon and we're weeks ahead of Easter. I love it. I mean, it's just, it's this beautiful picture that like you have been, you you were one of us and you're now welcomed into like the teaching pastor role openly. And we're just so thankful that you would still spend time with us. Oh yeah. Well, man, let me tell you how glorious it is. You know, <laughs> any sage advice for the rest of us? Like, I, I do like the fact that you were like, man, they're letting you do it. And nobody's sick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> everybody's healthy. Like everybody's still there. Nobody got fired recently. It's just, oh, it's just good things. Right. Like, no, man, we're, I'm super excited. Things are going really, really well at, um, at summit where I serve. And, and so it's, it's going, it's going really awesome. It's crazy to think like, I, I mean, I've been there since October now. So I, I, I no longer feel like I'm new anymore. Uh-oh, right. Honeymoon like, over. Honeymoon there, over. I mean, there have been like multiple hires after me at this point, you know what I mean? Okay. Like they're the new people. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, things are going really well in our home group ministry and um, doing some team teaching stuff now. And so it's it's a lot of fun. Well, we did want to talk about a few things today on the show. Uh, we're in this special season. So we, we had some episodes before kind of winding into Easter and the Lenten season, but it's here. We're, we're caught in between the two Sundays of Palm and Easter. And you and I have had some really spirited phone calls about what that means for both youth ministry and the life of the church. So kind of corollary to your, our joking conversation about you being like a legitimate pastor and preaching on Easter is the kind of pressures that Easter creates for teaching pastors. I think you tweet about it uh, today, yesterday, whenever it was that you shared that like, you know, Easter Sunday is like camp or like the winter weekend. Like it's the Sunday after camp for every youth pastor, but it's for the pastor. So there's a lot of expectation. There's a lot of like, it's the big time. Uh, but there's also this other side of the tension of like, it's a big Sunday, but it's also kind of like an expected big Sunday, which sometimes expectations can cause a lot of frustrations. So like on the youth pastor side of things, it's like, yeah, man, look at all these families that found their way back to church. <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> nice to see you, Smith family. Very cool that you know where our church is two Sundays out of the year. And so like, it's like, there's like this weird tension of like, it's a big deal. It's like the biggest deal in Christianity. And yet for staff people, sometimes it can create the most like bitterness. Like, like this is one of like the Sundays that I find myself some years like walking away being like, Pfft. Of course they were there today. Of course they were. Like that's such a weird sentiment, right? That like, like I think there's a lot of people that are talking about like there's going to be a bunch of guests on Sunday, and then there's like some people that are like, yeah, a bunch of guests that we saw four months ago. You know, like it's one of those like weird like, what do we do with all of it? So like, I want to hear from both sides. I want to hear from you on like the teaching side and the pressure expectation, and I'd love to have the conversation about like, man, it is a big Sunday. But that, you know, the expectation of big can also lead to a real big expectation of like low after. So, sure. I mean, and so I, I think you get a lot of different things and a lot of different feels um, in, in, in kind of what you're talking about. So let's, let's break it down a little bit and let's kind of talk through um, each part of that and maybe some, you know, feelings, frustrations, all those kind of things. So I want to, I want to ask you this question to get us going, Zach. Okay. Why, I mean, 
this is going to sound like a really dumb question. No, um, n- not because of the resurrection and what we celebrate, but for us as ministers, why is it just the crowd beyond the message that makes Easter feel so much different? What are, what all goes into that outside yeah, okay. of, you know what I mean? Just the little extra preparation that we do. Uh, so it's the crowd. And I think for some folks, it's the crowd because it's cultural, right? Like even people that don't really know um, much about the faith or, and we need to talk about this. I think some of like the familial understanding, like the way you were raised in faith. Like if you're going to come to a Sunday, you come to Easter because you either went to church with grandma or it's like big family Sunday. And we're all going to go eat with grandma after, uh, or it's like, it's like the thing we do. So I think there is the crowd factor of like, people are going to show up. And the reason that people show up is because it is a big day. It's a big, holy theological day. It's the same kind of feelings that we have about Christmas Eve or Christmas day or like Christmas season, whatever your kind of Christmas service patterns are for your church. But unlike the Christmas season, there's no like, well, we do a big Christmas Eve, but we don't do like a big Christmas season or we don't really do like a cantata or a kids pageant like easter it's like everybody in christianity has agreed it's it's a big deal and it's a big sunday i think like everybody in like roman catholic and west like protestants roman catholics like it's the same sunday for everybody which is a lot of millions and millions of people that are like hey this is a big old sunday and this year it happens to land on april 21st and so there is that like like kind of like historical, cultural, like theological, but I think there's also this, like, it's the time of year too. Like, I think for a lot of people, this is like, Hey y'all, we're going to do that Easter thing. And then we're going to check out for the summer. Like, it's almost like a, like a, it's like a gracious exit, right? Like, it's like, well, it's been real. (laughs) And I think that's, it's almost like this weird kind of send off for some people too. So. So for you growing up, like, what was your Easter experience? Like wa- walk me through that in the working home. Like, oh my God. Okay. So we were church like? brat kids. So we were church brat kids. We were at church every Sunday, multiple times a week, multiple times on Sunday. We never missed. And so I think I have to always battle that in my own heart is like, I was the family that we were always at church, whether or not like rain or shine, snow or sleet doors were locked because we had keys to unlock the doors and so Easter for me was always that season of like, when I was younger, I loved it because it was like, I knew where everybody was and everything. And so I got to feel like a lot of ownership and a lot of comfort in that. Uh, but I think in some point, whether it was like high school, college, whatever, there was like this bitterness of, man, why do some people not care more than Easter? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it was like, like a genuine question that kind of like gave way to some bitterness for a season of like, why do some people not care more about coming to whatever church is a building, a congregation, a worship hour. Why do they not care more than once or twice a year? Uh, I mean, obviously they all figured out how to get here at nine o'clock on this Sunday. Why can't they figure it out for at least, you know, 15 other Sundays. And so I think there is some of that, like it was ingrained and instilled in us that like part of being a part of a church was always being at the church a lot, maybe too much, but we were always at the church because being at the church meant you were a part of the church. Yeah. Is that true for you? Because I I think I have a suspicion that the Higgins family was not quite as true because you did not have some of the same like whiplash, instant critique feedback when we started talking about this on the pre-show. No, not at all. The um, well, you know, I mean, there was a there was a season where my family was more a little more regular in church, and then there was a, a 
a large portion of my life where, I mean, we were Christmas Easter family, right? Okay. Um, and a lot of times, <laughs> maybe just Easter. Uh, and just cool with that? It was just like, you know, one and done, you know, good would, and fun? <laughs> I would say we were probably in church 100% more than almost anybody else in my family. Okay. So maybe there was some relational kind of expectation connected yeah, to that? Yeah, because, I mean, my 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 grandparents, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I ever even saw them ever in a church, right? Like, okay. either side. Um, and, and so for for us like showing up on easter it w- it was a big deal for us um and it was a it was a very intriguing thing for me being young mm. um because it was so different right like it was so different than anything else we did in our life um i mean it it was the first place I ever really saw people like sing together, right? Like, I mean, you think you about it. You weren't a concert goer. You weren't a concert goer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, and, and so, like, that was very odd. Like, I, I remember going and, like, it did. It felt like everybody was a part of this club and they all knew the things and we were walking in. And like we we didn't know the secret handshake kind of deal, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it was very much like a, you know, I mean they 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 knew the songs, right? And like mm. um, they knew where to turn and and all of these kind of things and whatever which one of the books they're going to pick up in the pew in front of them, right? And like I mean I didn't know the difference. I didn't know the difference at that point when I was young between the Bible and hymnal and what, you know, what was what and all of these kind of things. And, um, and so I, I was very intrigued by it, man. And I, I mean, there's no doubt that like those experiences now have shaped me to be the minister that I am. Mm. Um, and, and so I, I think for me, some of those families that you can very easily go, oh, you know, the frustration of like, why aren't they here more? Just be reminded that some of their kids may be me one day, right? Or <laughs> or whoever. And um and even if they're not, like they, they have value and they have purpose. And yeah. um I think I think we we open our doors as churches exactly for families like that that um don't really know the way yet and and so i i think that i i think that there's always this like feeling of excitement on easter Mm. you know like the room's full like there's you know a little bit of buzz people got the bright colors on all these kind of deals and i think for a lot of youth ministers we want that the next week and then the next week's not yeah. and i think that's where the frustration happens right mm. um because we put in a lot of work uh, a lot of extra time i mean i know guys that do full blown like Easter productions and all these kind of things. Right. And 
uh, tons of extra time and all that kind of stuff. And then it's done and it's like, whoo, like, all right. And we, we, we can almost miss like what's happening in our own like faith life. Yeah. Um, for the work that gets put into it. So what, what would you say to the minister maybe battling a little bit of that bitterness to the family with a young Chad, um, that didn't choose to be there once, twice, three times a year. Um, how do how do you speak the grace and the truth into the family that maybe you knew they've been gone for a while? Um, but hey, you know what? This Sunday you got them. Like, what what would you say to that that minister that's really wrestling with that? I would I would say that that you are you are called to shepherd that family as well. Because I think a lot of times we look at that family that we only see once on Easter and we call them a guest. Yeah. And I think if we were to ask them, they don't see themselves as a guest, right? Um, They call your church home. And if somebody were to ask them, right, in the community, hey, like, where do you you go to church? If they're at the Rotary Club, if they're at the (laughs) golf course, if they're at the school, hey, where do you go to church? I I go to that church. And and they may expose, yeah, but I only go Easter or whatever. But like, um, I, I think there is that that reminder of like, you know, hey, th- this is a place that for whatever reason they're calling home. You're a minister at that church. How find, do we find a way to shepherd? Them? Yeah, yeah. How do we how do we connect with them in a way, and how do we start to care for them if we just see them one time a year? Yeah, and i I think that they're I think they're worth pursuing. Um, I think that they're worth caring for, and I think we even got to think through like how do we how do we engage? How do we talk to these people in a different way that, that isn't like a, we better see you next week or whatever, but in a way that's like, fancy seeing you here. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Hey, this, this matters. Like what we're doing matters. It has value for you and your children. Um, and, and we believe that if you're here more often, then it's going to make an impact in your life. Because I think for a lot of these families, whether we like it or not, we spend so much time every single day. Church is our life, right? Right. Every single day. 50 for, hours a week. We all about it. Right. And and for your, even for your like very regular attender, like church is their life once a week. Right. Right. For like a small. Two hours a week. <laughs> right. Like, that's what they're thinking about, like all of these kind of things. And so I think it's helping engage them in that moment to take their faith into their life and it become real important and valuable in the mundaneness of every day, right? And so helping that family understand that like, this is important for you on a Tuesday afternoon um, and we gather and we celebrate here every single week and we want to we want to love and we want to care for your family because we understand that life is difficult. Yeah. And so I think I think when we grow compassion for these people that walk through our door on Easter then we see them not as just butts in a chair that makes us feel better about having a large attendance but we really start caring for individuals. Mm. Okay, but tell me more about that though Chad because like 
as somebody who lived at church, everything about church was mundane. So Easter became like the high rise. Like how do, how do we, how do we take church for people that only live at like the Easter and Christmas peaks and invite them into a mundane that, that feels meaningful. Like for you, because you are the story, right? Like you grew up in the, like, yeah, I went to Easter Christmas, a couple other times, maybe camp every here and once in a while. And yet you ended up serving on staff at a church transformed into the life of serving uh, Christ's bride in the mundane. <laughs> yeah. So like, at what point was that pivot? Like what, what, what did it take? Who did it take? What does that look like? I mean, ultimately, ultimately there was a life transformation for me. Um, do, do I believe that has to be for every student for that, this to take place? Maybe. Um, I, obviously it helps. Um, I, you know, I think though, I think the hard work happens in in the bridging the gap and being really mindful of it. Um, you know, say more about the bridge. Say more about the gap. So, I I think at, at some extent, and, and I I I always I always pause because I know everyone's context is different. I mean, even even for a, a church like that I serve at, that's you know, larger with multiple campuses, it, it makes it more difficult to try to connect with the students that would call our our church home, but we don't see very often, right? Um, but I think I think as much as we can, finding ways to engage with those students beyond that morning is really, really important work, right? Um, and in the like, I, I think that there's processes that we can put into place, right? That we're getting to know these, you know, people that are walking through the door that we can follow up with them. Um, but just like starting to try to learn some names, because you know, for for many of our listeners, you're in churches that are, you know, Easter Sunday for you is probably, you know, I don't know, sub five hundred, and so the the uh, the amount of time that you're able to go, okay, that's a new face, that's a new face, that's a new face. I I need to learn those names, right? Um, I, I think that that's important work and I think that there's, um, I, I think it would be beneficial for us and our ministry to go after those students and try, try to get to know them and to engage with them and figure out who their friends are and, um, what, what all those things look like that, that could be useful in engaging and, and building that bridge into that student's life. Like follow up is a weird is a weird word in youth ministry, but I think having a plan, right? I think for a lot of us, like our plan to get students involved in our ministry is something that like my dad would talk about is like catch as catch can. So like if they're here, great. If not, not, and we'll hope to see them again. Um, but I think this is where this is where like the lack of call it a process, call it a structure, call it a system, um, usually gets exposed. Uh, for a lot of people is, is on Easter Sunday. And I think that's where a lot of the greatest disappointment happens is that, you know, something's about to happen and 
and you're just trying to do all that you can do instead of all that you've put in place to do. Like this is the, this is the Sunday that reveals your small group leaders that know how to connect people. Like this is like, the this is like where the grit hits and you're like the training that you put for your small group leaders or like the hospitality crew that you had out front or like the welcome wagon person or like, you know, the follow-up protocols, like all of that gets kind of like aired out and you get to almost see like what was working, what wasn't working, uh, what was there and literally what wasn't there. And so I, I think you were right on and like, it has to be, personal, but I think the personal has to be personal as part of a process. Like being friendly on a Sunday is so important. But like one of the things that like, like just really quick practical thing is I always try to learn a name and one really specific thing about that kid. Not like this is Tim. He likes band, but this is Tim and he plays tuba and he loves the tuba. And even though like, like it, it's like a Michael Scott office moment, but like, I need to know that tuba Tim like loves being in band or I need to know that like this kid is super into not just like nerd stuff, but like he's really into this like anime or she's really into this band right now. Cause that specific fact will help carry you in connecting with them beyond just remembering their name and that they went to this middle school or high school. Yeah, that's And good. then from there you can begin to build on that. And I think that like, again, friendly doesn't carry you, right? Like everybody is glad handing on Sunday morning. What's up? Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. Like we all got it. We like, we crush it every week. But I think this is the opportunity to be able to like, so I have friends, the youth ministry, like this is clipboard Sunday where you're meeting a friend, you're meeting a new student or a student that you haven't seen in a while. And you're writing down, what is up, Tim? Good. Either your phone, a clipboard, and you're writing down tuba Tim, because this week you're trusting that your process either in the database already, or if they truly are a guest or new, you've captured their information and you are going to message with them, contact them afterwards. Hey man, are you excited for summer band stuff? Like you need that, like that next conversation needs to be hyper personal, not like thanks for coming to church. Here's a t-shirt. Hope you come back for camp. Right. But no, I mean like the, the next conversation is like, yes, you need to have another event to push them to, but you need a hyper personal connection with them. Like this is why, like I I'm a little bit envious in my position where I'm at now. Um, because like Sunday morning is like our big program, like for, for like, like at your church chat at summit, like your youth guys, like their program is on a different day than Sunday morning. So their only job is to be hyper-connected on Sunday mornings. For guys for guys and gals in youth ministry, that Sunday morning is like, we're just a part of what's going on in big church, or like it's Sunday school, I don't have to lead much. Like, man, this is like hyper, this is like where I want to give all of my seven energy to everybody. And like, this is where you go and you just find the meaningful connections and maybe just find a few. And I think this is the other part that I would say for some of the other sevens that are listening, you can't connect with everybody. Like you're going to have five, 10, 50 new kids that you haven't seen in a while or haven't connected with in a, in a, in a, since Christmas or beyond, you need to pick like three. And those are the three that you need to make sure to talk to enough to get a super specific detail, to have a hyper connection with them beyond just, Hey, good to see you on Sunday. And if it's beyond that trust in your adult leaders, that they are equipped to do the same. And I think that is, there's a real opportunity at Easter, if we can rise to the expectation instead of allowing the expectation to happen and then crash down on us like a wave. 
Yeah, no, I think that that's good. You know, I, I think I think as you walk through that process, you're connecting with those students. I think I think it's I think having some like emotional IQ and understanding where these students are at, right? Like, is this a student that like has really never been around the church, right? And so it's like. You know, they're just trying to figure it all out. Is this somebody? And and I think that I know in the South, this is probably more common than not on a lot of these families. For especially students, they'll show up, and maybe you haven't seen them since camp of last year, you know, or whatever. And hey, you got tall, right? Got real tall. <laughs> and there's there's probably some feeling of like guilt. Right. Yeah. Of like, oh, man, like camp was so fun. I loved hanging out with these people. And then I fell away and they they feel awkward. Right. In their own skin, even being there. And so like our our ability not to like build on that shame, but to let them know that, hey, this is a safe place to always come back to. Um, I think is really important and we have a great opportunity to do that in a way that, I mean, is the gospel message, right? Like, um, you, you are welcome here. And, and so I think that, I think we've got some really fun opportunities that Easter allows in seeing people that will come to us, right? Um, and, and so, I know that there's a lot of work. I know that there's a lot of things that go into Easter. Don't miss the opportunity to be compassionate, to be caring, and to show people what this celebration is all about because he's risen. Um, and that is worth celebrating together. Whether you are, whether you haven't walked through the church doors since the previous year, or you've been setting up all week long for your it's Easter celebration. It's the on the cross, yeah. man. It's the disciples that were there all three years. And the first guy that Jesus, you know, as far as we kind of understand it in certain theological readings, the first guy in the gates, the last one to meet him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like like we have to wrestle with that, right? Like we love that story of like the eleventh hour salvation of the guy hanging next to Jesus. Like, so you the real deal? All right, <laughs> yeah. And you got to believe like John the disciple is like holding Jesus's mom is like, are you kidding me with this? I mean, I mean, <laughs> kind of right. Like, yeah. like this guy's a murderer, man. Are you kidding me? And so I I think that man, like whatever we've got, and then you said it right, compassion and celebration, compassion and celebration, which neither one of those things is a hundred percent rational and logical, right? Like the essence of compassion is that we've, that we've kind of like looked over some of the rational and we saw the grace of it. And the celebration is, man, we just found the joy of it. And so for everybody listening, my encouragement would at least be is to, um, preach Christ crucified and resurrected and celebrate the season for what it is. And even though sometimes it feels like we are so anchored and tethered to our staff position level title whatever like if you can't celebrate the joy of the season for what it is it's going to be really hard to carry that in any other kind of conversation yeah that's good it has to happen in our own heart first right every single year hey man because even dead hearts need resurrection right Ooh. like welcome to the welcome to the season man welcome to the season that'll preach so. that'll preach everybody there you go there is our episode of 176 easter special we hope that this easter season is a spectacular one for you for you personally as a minister pastor leader for your family 
for your church, for your congregation, as we remember the victory, the celebration, and the hope that we have in the resurrected Jesus. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you back next week. I'm going to show you things you've never seen.